Uh, moving on, uh, Chief Minister M.K. Stalin recently at that investors conference, he laid a roadmap and he said that uh, Tamil Nadu aims to be a trillion dollar economy by 2030. What is the roadmap going to be for that? And you personally have been talking about the Dravidian model of growth. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what is this growth model that you want uh, to take forward? Maybe since there are two different questions, I'll answer them with two different answers. Right? So let's take the first one, the 2030, 1 trillion. That is a, just a quantitative goal. And if you look at where we are now, because of the way the rupee has dropped in the last, uh, I don't know, few months, since uh, the chief minister first made the statement. Hmm. Effectively, what we if, if we if the rupee had closed, stayed closer to 72 or 73, it was basically requiring of a CAGR of about 14% a year. After the rupee has dropped to 80-ish, now we're looking at a CAGR of about 16, 16 and a quarter percent a year. So if I break that down and say, you know, inflation is going to be at the upper band or slightly thereabouts of where the RBI says it sets its target, though it's higher than that now, then if you take out that 6%, we're looking at about 10% real growth. Hmm. So we have to deliver 10% real growth for the next eight to nine years if we want to get to one trillion in that period. Hmm. That's hard, but not uh, undoable. We have delivered it once before, but in 2006 and 11, when the DMK ran the government of Tamil Nadu, hmm. the, uh, the CAGR, despite the global financial crisis and other kinds of uh, knock-on effects, was 10.15%. Now, for us to do that, we have to do two or three things profoundly different than have been done in the last seven years. Hmm. One is that we have to bring the fisc of the state into balance. We can no longer run one, one and a half percent every year, new record revenue deficit as the ADMK government before us did for seven years, ever since Ms. Jalita went to jail in 2014. Once her leadership was lost, the rest of them, between them, couldn't figure out how to run the government. Every year we had a new record revenue deficit. Hmm. Tamil Nadu went from being a revenue neutral, well-managed state to being the worst state in the country in many aspects, including the worst rated public utility, Tanjatko's debt. We have to correct that and we are on a path. I've said that in two years we'll get to revenue neutral and probably within this term we'll bring the tangent co into kind of neutral revenue or, or up from there. Hmm. If we do that right, what that does is it raises our annual capex, our annual investment, capital investment, up from the one, one and a half percent of GSDP they've been doing the last couple of years to three percent, which is allowed under the FRPM Act. And it allows us to attract another one, one and a half percent of outside capital based on our responsible management and our proper design of projects, which means that roughly compared to last year, in two years, we can quadruple the amount of capex. Last year, we did about 35,000 crores. Okay. In two years, my ambition is to do about 140, about one lakh of change from the government and another 40 from private players through the Tamil Nadu Infrastructure Fund Management Company, through PPP projects, hmm. through other means. If that happens, then you can really expect 10% growth. Even the lady before us, uh, Ms. Jalita, Chief Minister, she had that model, you know, mm. in, the, in the Vision 2023 that she laid out. She drew the correct correlation between rate of investment and rate of growth. So we think it's doable, we're on a path. And if we do that right, bring in the right private players, do the right kind of optimization and do the right kind of projects, then it'll be done. To make that concrete, we have already put out a tender. We're looking for a consultant to help us develop the path to 1 trillion. And part of that will be a concrete investment priority policy such that we put the money, this capex into high hmm. um, return, high multiplier effect projects and not just building more collector offices or taluk offices. 
Okay. That's one part of the question. What is the Dravidian model? The Dravidian model can simply be said to be inclusive growth, social justice, and equity. It just says make sure everybody participates, starting with women first. 1921, the Justice Party government was the first government in India in Madras presidency to give women the right to vote. Equal access to education, meaning compulsory elementary education, was introduced for girls and boys, and step by step. Uh, removing the kinds of barriers in their life, from equal rights to uh, higher education, equal rights to property, equal rights to opportunity, reservation in government jobs, reservation in electoral office, etc., etc., hmm. and that extends to you know the the historically downtrodden, downtrodden and oppressed communities, the BCs, OBCs, MBCs, and the Dalits, and giving them reservations and quotas so that they participate in the system as well. So the goal of the Dravidian model, economically, is very simple. We want to have relatively high levels of growth, combined with high social development index and human development index indicators, and a relatively low Gini coefficient, so that the stratification of society is not that high, hmm. and everybody gets to have decent levels of per capita consumption. Hmm. If you take all of those measures today, I would say Tamil Nadu stands out. There are really only about four large rich states in India. Tamil Nadu, uh, I mean Maharashtra first, then Tamil Nadu, then Gujarat, and Karnataka. Hmm. Of the four, I would say that Tamil Nadu represents a significantly more harmonious and equitable society, with much better social development indicators, much better, let's say, infant mortality, or girls enrolled in high school, or doctors per thousand people than any of the other other three states. What, but but what model. about you know those who would say that a Dravidian model would perhaps be uh, you know that they would be apprehensive saying that about the underlying sub-nationalism that is being spoken of that you know if if you're you're looking at a Gujarat model you're not talking about a Tamil model you're talking about a Dravidian model uh, you know what would you answer to uh, to the critiques? Well, we use the word Dravidian model because that's the movement that we came from, right? The the original movement going back to the Justice Party days was called the Dravidian movement. It has had different parties with even political opponents all, right? From the Justice Party came the DK, came the DMK, from the DMK came the ADMK, uh, came the MDMK, then we have the DMDK. So it is, uh, you know, it is our value system. I'm not sure that there should be any concerns from anybody. Hmm. We are hugely contributing members to the Indian economy, to the Indian defense services. Uh, the average uh, Tamil person gets back about 30 paisa or 35 paisa for every rupee of taxes collected by the union from here. So I don't think anybody can question our nationalism or our patriotism. Hmm. We want an inclusive society. We want to continue the culture that we inherited from our ancestors. I don't see why that should make anybody nervous. Uh, you know, also coming in uh, to this issue of uh, the freebie economy that Tamil Nadu is known for, sir. You are somebody who's been on Wall Street, you've been a banker, you've been an economist, and mostly we see that, you know, uh, the argument that good politics may make for bad economics. Uh, the idea of Tamil Nadu moving forward on that welfare state concept, we understand. But how long can you actually continue with the doling out of freebies? And it's not just one party in the state, it's everybody. Does that hurt the state's economy beyond a point? Yeah, I mean, listen, I've tried to be as nuanced about this as many times as I can. I'll do it again here. I think the word freebies is a meaningless word, right? Everybody gives something for free. Almost every state in this country now follows the model from the Justice Party days of providing free food at schools. Is giving children free food at schools considered a freebie? Hmm. Right? So I'm saying 
if you look at effectively cost free or subsidized or heavily subsidized programs every state does some some states do a lot in our case the chief minister sets the tone right i mean we have learned over 100 years we have seen the results as i say if you take a basket of indicators including economic social development human development and inequality tamil nadu stands alone in the country hmm. at the top right hmm. so our, our results tell us we are doing something right now does that mean all such schemes are good schemes absolutely not i have gone through a detailed explanation i'm saying some schemes are crucial giving food to children giving laptops to college going students hmm. giving cycles to school going students under the poverty limit giving uniforms to uh, schools in uh, tribal areas and all that there are many things we give for free that are targeted and add a lot of value hmm. there are some things we give for free that are more insurance type even some of those we continue some of those we changed no there are even mixers and television sets given out during elections you know i personally have actually seen so much of it happened with both yeah i think you should make a distinction between mixers and television sets right television sets were given not in the context of today when everybody has a smartphone and all channels are on on uh, phones television sets were given 25 years ago uh when or no no 15 years ago okay. when there was uh, no internet penetration of this level and it was done with a social justice context because particularly in the villages the poor used to go and stand outside the rich people's houses and look through their windows at the television that was the only way they could get entertainment hmm. and the television set wasn't given as one big lcd so it was a 2000 rupee like simple like crt 9 inch or something that's now worthless right hmm. so there were different components to it i don't want to get into the details are you saying that if, am i saying that every single thing the government has ever given for free is either workable or value adding the answer is no okay. there were some things that were given were grotesquely wrong hmm. i for one have been you know arguing against the subsidy which we have stopped of get trying to give 25000 rupees subsidy to people to buy two wheelers right i mean we don't have the roads or the parking or the infrastructure for handling what we have now hmm. it's crazy when you when your public uh, transport system which you say one you want to be the pride of the country which is uh, you know um uh, running at like 15 crores a day loss hmm. is crazy to then go and give people subsidy to buy two wheelers instead what the chief minister has done is basically say uh, bus rides are free for women okay. bus has like 1500 crores a year to do that that's a lot better kind of uh, impact because it of course we maybe in theory make it more targeted than that but right now it helps a lot of the poor people and it provides all kinds of other benefits it provides women the independence to get around without having to ask anybody for help hmm. it allows them to attend their jobs without worry about whether they can make it there in time so you have to have you know thoughtful programs even now we've announced a bunch of things like 1000 rupees per household and as i've said multiple times we are in the process of trying to figure out who are the right beneficiaries to get that for example we are already paying almost 5 million people some kind of monthly pension for disabled or widows or aged right what should we do about that should that be substitute or should that be different okay. what about in independent so that in fact uh, i've had two three through our agreement with the mit uh, um, um jpal lab hmm. we have had two three major world specialists on this professor reema hana of uh, harvard professor ben olken of mit professor esther duflos on our hmm. advisory council Uh, we have professor arvind subramanian coming in uh, next week we had uh, i had dr ragram rajan uh, uh, at my house for a meeting a couple of days ago okay. we have the best minds in the world trying to help us figure out how we get this inclusion set in such a way on the margin we are willing to 
err on the side of too much inclusion rather than too much exclusion. Okay. But it's going to have to be a sophisticated model, hmm. and we hope to develop one of the best in the world to do it.